Hey, gang, I understand exactly why you feel like you can't trust a lot of what you hear about real estate. But today, I want to set you straight on two very important items. One, let's find the solution for everybody bitching on social media that they can't buy a home like the boomers did because the prices are now all out of whack. And number two, one more time, I would like to explain the benefits to you of getting your credit pulled months before you want to buy a home, how it can save you, not cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. This is the Mythbuster episode. Play the music. What is happening, my how to buy homies? Yes, homies, today is Mythbuster Truth Bomb Day as we prepare for the big 200th episode. Oh, got some exciting stuff coming up, gang. Sorry if you're a hardcore homie. We're not dropping them as often as we usually do, but just you wait. Starting episode 201, I've got some great stuff for you guys. Now, if you are a homie, welcome back. And if you're new, my name is David Sedoni, champion of the first time homebuyer with educational information in layman's terms, mixed in with some entertainment as well and uh, some pretty cringy dad jokes. Okay, first, we're going to talk about the truth bombs. Okay, the first truth bomb today is about the consistent cries that I hear on social media. People talking about the impossibility of buying a home today because the prices are so out of control. I've seen lots of people posting these really pissed off rants, talking to the smug boomers to stop telling us millennials and Gen Zs to stop being whiners and stop being lazy. They get super mad at the older generations telling them that, Hey, you young kids, if you would just stop whining about things and, and work hard, then you can have a middle-class life too. Yeah, but but here's the catch with those people whining, because I totally understand, not, not the boomers whining, but the, the Gen Zs and the millennials whining about the boomers talking about them whining. Know what I mean? Now, what I want to do is I want to get into the myths on this, because I get it. I understand. The thing that I'm looking at is a lot of people are focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. People are saying that prices have skyrocketed and the wage gap, the wages are not keeping up with the correct price. So sure, I'd buy a home today because you dumb boomer, you bought a home back in 1980 for $50,000. Okay, so if you're listening right now, if you identify with any of that rant, then this is for you. Now, if you're here on this podcast because you want to know how to protect your credit score by timing when they pull your credit for your home loan application, that's going to be coming up right after this Mythbuster. This is Mythbuster 1. So to all the angry people who feel like they were born at the wrong time, just looks like there's no way for you to buy a home in the United States or Canada. I'm not here to bust you, <laughs> even though this episode is called Myth Busting. So let me first say this. As a self-aware white person of privilege and of a certain age, I am supremely empathetic. I understand that people are struggling to try to keep up financially in North America, trying to live their version of the American and Canadian dream. In the summer of 2023 right now, 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So what I want to tell you is I'm not a boomer telling you to suck it up, whiner. In fact, uh, gang, I'm not a boomer at all. I may be old, drink, but I still am Gen X. Even with my cringy dad jokes, Gen X, baby, not a boomer. Close, but no cigar. Hey, close, but no cigar. Why do we say that? 
Well, because in the 1920s, carnival games were marketed towards adults and not kids. So if you won the game, instead of getting one of those giant stuffed animals, you would get a cigar. But if you missed, the barker would scream so everyone could hear, close, but no cigar. Okay, so close, but not a cigar, because I'm not a boomer. I'm Gen X. And I'm also not a hater on people discussing how crappy the cost of living is right now compared to the affordability of a home. In case you haven't noticed, take a look at your phone there. Uh, I've dedicated the last four years of my life behind a microphone in a dark room by myself, which is where I am right now, trying to help people overcome this problem. So don't shoot the messenger here. This is a myth bust, probably not even for you. So, you know, you're listening to the podcast. Because you're a seeker of solutions. You should probably share this with your friends that are out there all salty and all ragey about the economic disparity and the generations and just yelling into their social media or to anyone who listen. So just share that with them. And in fact, share this with everybody, guys. Come on, we got to get the revolution going. So this truth bomb is something you can share with people who are ranting like that. Or maybe it's for you. Maybe you need this. Something to make sure that you don't actually listen to what I'm going to explain to you is the misinformation being spread. No matter how much you agree with the passion behind what they're saying, no matter how uh, similarly you feel to the anger of that moment and feeling like you're caught right now and this time is not just for you, I want to make sure that we understand all the facts. So as a dude who always tries to speak for the people and help the underserved, I'm going to let you know that, yeah, this number sucks. Post-pandemic, 64% of the United States living paychecks to paycheck. Yeah, that can make home buying more difficult. But here's the real facts behind it. And this might shock you a little bit. In 2007, before the last economic complete collapse, that number was still pretty high. It was at 43%. And then in 2009, when the home prices were the most affordable as the market was crashing, the paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck number was at 61%. So I understand, yes, the wage gap is real. I totally hear you. I feel you on that. And I did a little digging. This took me a little while to get this podcast together. The share of income going to the top 10% of our country, that sat around 33%. Okay, so 33% of all the income went to the top 10% for 50 years, from 1937 to 1987. Then in 1987, it started to go up. And now the top 10%, they're earning 50% of all the income created in the United States. That's a fact. And yeah, that fact sucks. But when it comes to housing, here's the real math. So... Most importantly, from a sympathetic place, instead of just looking at the math and being angry about it, we're going to look at the proactive solution discussion and what to do about it. But I think the math might surprise you too. In 1980, the average home price was about $50,000. That is the stat that everybody loves to freak out on social media, saying that if you adjusted that to a day to today's dollars, that equals a $184,000 home. You can't buy a home for $184,000. I get it. The average home price of summer of 2023, thanks to the post-pandemic price run-up in housing, it's closer to $400,000. So like double. So everyone's like, see, it cost you double what it would have back in 1980. 
$50,000, that's $184,000. Today, it's $400,000 for our average house. Okay, that is the correct adjustment for home prices. So yeah, in 2023, we're not adjusted correctly exactly just to the price of $50,000. That would have been back in 2013. In 2013, that was right. A 1980 house of $50,000 would have been about 184,000 bucks, and that's what homes were going for in 2013, 10 years ago. So I get it. The last 10 years have gone and made things totally out of whack. But here is the gigantic difference that can help you see the solution to this actual inequality that exists. In 1980, the average rent was $300. So you were renting for $300 and you decided maybe I want to buy a house and went and bought a a $50,000 home. Now today, the average rent is about $2,000. So there's a big difference. The main number people miss and don't discuss and add into their rage-filled, super salty rants is the insane rent increases that have happened over the last decade. But most importantly, actually, what have happened in the last three post-pandemic years, rents have skyrocketed 33% since 2020. That's an 11% a year average increase from $1,500 in 2020 to 2,000 bucks in 2023. And that's just the average. That is extremely low compared to some of you listeners who might be in the metro areas of the country where rents can jump 25, 35, sometimes even 50% a year. So I say it with love because when I hear people rant about the wage gap and that is why it's unaffordable to buy a home like those damn boomers did, I get that you have a different agenda or that you think, maybe you think that's the actual answer, or maybe you have a different agenda and you want to talk about the inequality and injustice that's happening in our country. I sympathize. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I've also done the math. (laughs) You guys know I'm a super nerd and I love doing the math. I think that many of these angry people are missing that key variable in their mathematical venting. The rent hikes of the late 2010s all the way through the 2020s means that you are already paying six times the average $300 rent. And therefore, if you were looking to pay like they did, you would have to look at what you can buy when you replace that six times more rent that you already are paying. This is an adjustment you have already done. A home purchase is not just based on the wages. It's not just based on the income. It's based on what the average person is paying in their rent and how they can replace that rent with a mortgage payment to begin building wealth. And then there's this. In 1980, a $50,000 home had an interest rate of 13.7 for your mortgage. So in 1980, you could pay the average rent of $300 for a small average apartment, or you could buy a home and you'd have a jump in your payment from $300 for rent to $762 for principal interest, taxes, and insurance, your PITI, with a 5% down payment. That would be an over 250% jump in your monthly housing payment because you were paying such a low $300 rent and 
your interest rate on your mortgage for your loan, that's 13.7%. In 2023, you could buy the same way and have the same payment jump, but it will be going from $2,000 to $3,200, just a 60% jump in your monthly housing, not a 250% jump like it would have been back in 1980. Do you guys see that math? If I went too fast for you, rewind that and listen to it again, because I don't want to spend a bunch of time ragging on all these people who are upset about the wage gap because it's real, but... You can't buy a house because of the wage gap. You are just whining and thinking that you can't buy a house because you're only looking at the purchase price, not realizing how much money you're putting out right now. And maybe you just haven't taken the time to figure out what you could buy. So is housing affordability unfair right now? (laughs) First of all, I have to learn how to say housing affordability. Is it unfair right now? On the surface, it may not look like It's fair in any way if you're just looking at the home prices, especially in the last five years. But what sucks to learn is that you are actually sitting in a catch-22. And many of you, you've already adjusted to that new high monthly payment, except instead of doing it with a mortgage, you're just doing it with rent. So if you got this podcast forwarded to you by your friend, you're one of those people who's constantly mad at the system and constantly screaming and whining about the corruption and you hate the fact that you're never going to have it as easy as older generations, I would like you to know that unless you're living in your car or if you're living in the average apartment, you're splitting it with six roommates, you're already paying the crazy prices, but not in rent. So why not look for a way to pay yourself? You already beat the system that you're so mad at just to be able to afford the average rent. It's time to make it work for you. Buying a home in today's market is not about getting a deal on the price. It's about a sound financial adulting strategy. And the first part of that is swallowing this math and understanding what you're really doing. It's easy to buy a house and say, that's the same price as my grandpa paid. It's not easy to do all the math and realize that what you're doing is financially sound. Buying a home is simply a rent replacement strategy. In today's market, even since I started this podcast in 2019, this idea is now way more relevant now. Buying a home is a rent replacement strategy. Many of the people wait too long to start their plan to replace their rent because they think home buying is out of their reach. The funny thing is, if you've been keeping up with the insanity that is renting over the last three, four, ten years, you are doing way better than you think. And it's time to get off your ass and make a plan. I've been saying it for years, make a plan, make a plan. But now the last three years, it's gotten way more important. And remember, making a plan is not the same as going out and buying a home next month. A lot of people think that's when you're supposed to do it. But I'm trying to tell you through the podcast, that's not it. Go out, find a team that's going to work with you for six months, eight months, 18 months. But you have to get off your ass. And with the rent that you're paying, why wouldn't you? Rents are stupid. And I'm talking stupid spelled S-T-O-O-O-P-I-D. So go to getoffyourass.org. I bought that domain. And you can tell me where you're at. Just click the button, fill out a couple things for me, and we'll help you start planning today. 18 months, 12 months, 9 months, 
whatever you're looking at. This is the sensible solution that most people unfortunately find too late because of the misinformation from people upset about situations that feel like they correlate, but the math doesn't line up. Please stop dwelling in the past about how screwed you're getting right now based on the home prices 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. What you should be really pissed off about is how you're getting screwed on your rent prices. I will say it again. Buying a home is a rent replacement strategy because your rent is so high compared to historical rent patterns and it's still going up. So stop paying the man and start paying yourself. And to all the ranchers out there who love to throw out the inequality in wages versus the prices, once again, I agree with you. And the solution is to look at the whole picture, including historical mortgage interest rates. Notice how I just kind of threw that in there and then walked away from it. Yeah, that interest rate, that changes everything. So you include the interest rates, you include the historical rent prices, and you realize that you're already beating the system right now by what you pay in your monthly rent. And you can beat this and you can do this. So do me a favor, stop your bitching and start getting educated. I guarantee you, whenever you finally buy a home, because someday if you're renting for $2,000 or $2,200 or $3,000 a month, you are going to buy a house. And you're going to say, damn, I should have done this sooner. All right, the next Mythbuster truth bomb. Okay, this is you. Ready? David, dude, I seriously want to buy a home, but I'm super cautious about my credit score. Because I listen to your podcast, I know that my credit score is like massively important when I want to buy a home. So I am not calling a lender because I heard it's like 90 days. They can only lock an approval. So like I'm not doing it till two or three months before because I don't want to take that ding on my credit. I'm working too hard at that. Okay. First of all, a guy that sounds like a bad surfer from every teenage movie anywhere. Please, please. Hear me right now. <clears throat> Nobody needs to pull your credit score to help you plan. I say again, nobody needs to pull your credit score to help you plan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, home buyers and wannabe home buyers of all ages, there is something called a soft pull. And waiting to start your planning with a professional is going to cost you. 10,000 times more than the minuscule two to four points that you would get on a hard pull. But did you hear what I said? You don't have to do a hard credit pull when you talk to the right lending team. Period. The end. Most of the lenders that are going to be helping you with a plan, someone who's really going to bring all that unicorn style to what you're doing, they're going to do what's called a soft pull, not a hard credit pull, and get you an idea of where you are and what you need to do for those upcoming months until you start to get closer. And here's the truth bomb. You absolutely should be starting this plan 12 to 18 months ahead of time and getting a soft pull then to get your plan in place, to get you a guided roadmap to get you action steps you can do every single month from a professional, not Google, because you are unique. And the Google answers you get, they're one size fits all. Folks, do you hear me? This is the real real from someone specializing in planning to buy a home. 
The more you plan, the more options that you have. And this stupid myth is making really smart people wait. And they end up trying to do all the planning on their own. And they come to me 90 days before they're ready to buy a home. And that's when they, that's when they want to start working with a professional. Don't let this hard pull credit myth stop you from reaching out. Okay, do I sound like I'm getting worked up? Well, I'm just getting started. I'm not gonna beat around the bush on this one. Hey, beat around the bush, why do we say that? Beat around the bush comes from an old school English vocabulary. It was what the hunters used to say when they used to beat the bushes to try to get the birds to fly out before the main event, which was, of course, shooting them out of the sky. So, you know, beating the bush wasn't the fun part. That's why we beat around the bush. The fun part's, you know, shooting the bird. Bang! Did I scare you? <laughs> okay, I've said much of this stuff before, but it bears repeating uh, because once a day, somebody asked me about a hard credit pull and they tell me they're not going to be starting a plan till 90 days out because they heard that is what you do to protect your credit score. So I'm not mad at you. This is not your fault. This is not your fault. This is not your fault. Real estate people are stupid and don't tell you things because they ignore first-time homebuyers. Ah, I'm so upset. This is not your fault. This is not your fault. I'm not judging you. Uh, I especially don't think any less of you if this is what you assume. But man, oh man, this one thing will cost you buttloads of money. It's the biggest mistake that I see first-timers make. Like the biggest. Costing people tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars waiting to start because of this stupid little myth. This is no bueno, es muy mal, el stinkerino, waiting to talk to a pro because you don't want the credit hit is against the opposite, the bad thing. It is totally not in your best interest. It's the antithesis of smart. It's counterproductive. It's cap. It's wrong, incorrect. And if you were my best friend, I would tell you, after I've done all this and you still look at me and go, I don't know, that's not what I heard. Then I would say, you're being stupid. But but I love you, man, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault because you've heard all this other crap for so long. We've been told that each credit inquiry can hurt you a few points. And the problem is that that is based purely on fear and absolutely incomplete information. It's a theory made up on fear and stops people from doing what they should do. First of all, as I've said, you don't have to get a hard pull on your credit a year out. I'll say that again. You do not need to get a hard pull on your credit a year out. Now, let me rant even more. If you get the soft pull a year out and your credit could use some work because you're trying to get to that ultimate top level of 760, then take the damn hit and get a hard pull. It's a few points. There is only one thing to truly know where your credit is and what you need to do to fix it. And that is a real and accurate score, not a credit karma score. You have 28 different credit scores. A real score pulled by a lender and compared and looked at what the home loan people are looking at, that credit score number. The reason why is because then you have the one thing that you can do to fix it. Time. 
all the credit fixes take time. All the tips, the tricks, the hacks, the techniques, they all take time. You can't do that if you wait till 90 days. Now you're thinking, oh, my score's awesome. What if your score is a 759 and 760, that top tier takes you from an A to an A plus? And what if that changes your, I don't know, mortgage interest rate by a quarter point? Maybe you don't have the time to take it up. But if you found that out eight months, 10 months, 12 months ahead of time, you could easily bump your score up, whatever the hit would be, two, three, four, five points in 12 months. You can't do it in 12 days. So please just stop using the old boomer rules for credit pulls that are designed for people who are really just shopping for a TV or a credit card. So I just did this a couple episodes ago, but I had to do it again. Are we all clear? I say this with the ultimate love. And seriously, if you don't believe me, totally cool. Go find someone else who has as many hours as I do on the internet to try to help people buy a home the right way. I, I, I honestly can't help you if you don't believe that I have your best interest in heart. That's a hashtag truth bomb, gang. If you wait and your entire reason for waiting to talk to someone is because you don't want to have a hard credit pull. You are fretting over a penny 90 days out when you could be planning with $20 bill techniques six to 12 months earlier. Thanks a lot. I hope this information was good for you. You know what's crazy? Some of the most responsible people, some of the people with the most killer crazy spreadsheets, the most dedicated and responsible people are the people that wait till 90 days because of this one dumb myth. And then they call me and I'm like, geez, you are so buttoned up and put together and have your budget so perfectly done. If you called me 12 or six or nine months ago, today, you'd be looking at houses that are 50,000 more, 75,000 or $100,000 more. So please share this podcast with your friends. The revolution is coming. I'm telling you, when we get into the 200s on the podcast, we are revolution kicking. I'm very excited about where the housing market is going for first-time homebuyers. It's a jungle out there right now, but share this with your friends. Everybody needs to be planning. If you're not thinking about buying a home or putting an offer out in July or August, then you should be going through and listening to all of these podcasts and preparing grabbing yourself a unicorn team, getting yourself ready. Because when you are thinking about doing an offer, understanding all these myths and these things that Google try to tell you, and God bless them for trying, but it's one size fits all and it's not correct. So please share the podcast, go to the Instagram. Uh, it's changing. I don't know. Look for David Sedoni or how to buy a home podcast. could be one or the other. Uh, and you can also check out... Um, how to Buy a Home on TikTok, and on YouTube, there's uh, the How to Buy a Home podcast channel, and we are going to be rolling out a brand new channel later this year to help give you guys some more of these stories, hearing about other people's experiences with buying a home, because I've done 200 of these, and I'm getting sick and tired of talking to y'all. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, actually, I want you to hear from other people and hear other people's stories and what they're doing. Um, so that's coming up later. In the meantime, share the podcast, rate and review. It really helps, especially on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, listen to an episode. When the episode's done, pop a review in there. This revolution's coming. We're helping tons of people. And if I get one more person that sends me a 
email or a text and says, yeah, but I don't want to get my credit pulled. Now I can just go, go listen to 199 and then come back to me because I'm all about love and I want you to feel educated. I want you to feel empowered because knowledge means that you're no, you're not going to question. You're going to know you can do this.